The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. And welcome. Welcome, everyone. Good to see you all. Good to see all so many familiar faces, so many friends. We're all, we're all coming here with goodwill toward each other. So what a nice place to be. A field of kindness. A sangha. So these words, I am awake. Other words by the Buddha that resonate with me deeply. I think about them a lot. Apo, Dipa, Bhava. Be the light. Simple. Nothing special. We are the light. Just be the light. We don't have to get rid of anything. We don't have to create anything phenomenal. Just this ordinary mind. is a light, like you're not a rock. You're awake. (laughs) This awareness that we essentially are is bigger than thoughts, bigger than emotions, bigger than sense perceptions. It's really our true refuge, and it's just right here. I'm I'm reminded now I have some Ailments, maybe some of you have some ailments that have come with your aging. My ears are dimming. I might have to get hearing aids. My eyes are, have gotten some kind of, need some kind of treatment. I'm having um, a treatment for a mild cancer, but it's 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 not life threatening at all. But uh, still, these things didn't exist a couple of years ago. So I feel great. I feel fine, but it's clear that something's happening with this body. I used to swim very fast, and now when I swim, people are passing me right and left. And I'm exerting all I have, but 
think I've lost an inch. But what do I have? And what will I have to my dying day? And maybe beyond that is this light. This simple awareness. It's like space. So let's practice this a little bit. By the way, I wanted to tell you about uh, a technique that may be helpful to you. It's very helpful to me. So awareness doesn't care if we're thinking, if there are movements of the mind. We're still aware. As long as we're not lost. As long as the light is still on and we're not lost, awareness doesn't care if there are movements of the mind or if the mind is still. And we experience both of those. So a technique that I find very useful is to just to rest in awareness, simple, like now. And if there are movements of the mind, press on my left leg with my left hand. And if the mind is still, press on my, just a light little touch, light little press on my right leg with my right fingers. Movements of the mind. There are movements of the mind. A little reminder, a little pressing of the left hand. The mind is still a little pressing on the right leg. I did it actually when I was driving today. I pressed on the steering wheel. So it makes it so we don't have to get lost. We don't have to get swept away by the river if we're outside of the river. Movements of the mind, stillness of the mind. And it doesn't matter to awareness, but it it shows us what awareness is and it allows us to stay in awareness a little bit longer by not getting carried away by movements of the mind. So let's meditate for a little while now. Sitting with a straight back, but comfortable. And we all know what awareness is. Just rest in that.
awareness resting in itself. Let the gravitational pull of your essential nature, your awareness, pull you in like a magnet. And relax. Just relax. You don't have to make anything happen. We're already here. We don't have to get rid of anything. Just rest. You don't even need to meditate. Thoughts come, let them come. And let them go. Just being with normal mind. More normal than normal. If you're not relaxed, that's fine. Just be with that. If you're relaxed, be with that. If you're agitated, awareness doesn't care if you're agitated. And if you're still, particularly at the end of the out-breath, be with that. This awareness that we have, it's, it's like a lamp that's always on. We don't need a flashlight to find the lamp. Just be with it. Be the light. There's a reason that these were Buddha's dying words, compassionate gift. A wonderful teacher, Ajahn Sumedho, said, if you identify with the knower rather than what is known, 95% of your problems will be solved. this awareness that will be with us for the rest of our days and maybe beyond. If this could be who we are,
if this could be identity. What a relief. None of that other stuff matters. Doesn't really matter. Isn't important. This is all that's important. This vital point. So just for a little while longer, rest in this. You might want to try if the mind is moving. Just press a little bit with your left hand. And if your mind is still, press a little with your right hand. When we see the river, we are not the river. We don't need to stop the river. If we're outside of it. Stillness is like a gap, a gap between past and future. Big, wide, spacious gap. Horizontal liberation. If there's movement, vertical liberation, past and future keep happening and we're liberated because we're outside of outside of past and future. Vertical liberation, horizontal liberation, doesn't matter. And the Buddha said, I am awake. He said, I, nobody's going to understand this. I'm not going to teach this. 
But a great God encouraged him. He said, there will be meditators like you who will understand this a little bit. We have dust in our eyes. We can understand this a little bit. So then he went on to say, the nature of phenomena is like space. Peaceful and natural beyond concept. Luminous, like a lamp. Natural. He said it's like nectar. If you're drowsy, it doesn't matter. It's just a cloud, a dark cloud, maybe. But you are the sky. The sky doesn't care about clouds, dark clouds. Stormy clouds, tornadoes. Clear blue sky with no clouds. Why do you do this? Why do you meditate? What are you wishing for with your meditation? What fulfillments would you love to achieve for now, right now? And for the rest of your days. And looking back, maybe way back, (laughs) for some of us, when you entered the path, what did you want? And was what you wanted originally, has some of that been fulfilled? These are very important questions because 
Our motivation creates our life. You could say it creates our karma. Okay, so when you're ready, please slowly open your eyes and if you have a window, look out your window. And notice the riches, the riches of sight. The riches of sound in your ears. The riches of the body. the heartbeat, the breath, all of the GI system, 24 hours working to keep this body alive. sensations. It's said that human life is, human birth is so rare. It's like as rare as if a bean were dropped from the heavens and there was a pin sticking up from the earth and that bean landed on that pin. That's how rare this precious opportunity And we have such capability, such potential for freedom. Okay, thank you. And welcome back. Um, Robert, can you create groups for us? Are you there, Robert? Can you, or you can do it? Yes, yes. How, how many people let's, in a group? Let's do four in a group. Four in a group, okay. Yeah. And, and for 14 minutes. Sorry about these groups of, and we have 14 minutes, mm-hmm. but just if you don't enter them yet, and, and just to, does anybody have any, um, anything you, there's a reason for you that, you know, we, we love to hear from each other <laughs> and we're a Sangha and if there's any insights or 
anything that occurred to you, it, it, uh, it generates um, benefit for everyone. So would anyone like to express anything that's come up for them? If you'd like to, just please, I can't see everybody, just unmute yourself and anything that's come up that you might want to share. Was this one big group here? Yes. Oh. I thought we were going to have four people in a group. Yeah, we will, but that'll be just in a minute after we... Oh, okay. David? (laughs) confused. David, it it looks like there's going to be three people to a group. That's fine. Okay, good. So, anybody have anything to share? Okay, Freda, please. I had a very hard time with the fingers on the right leg and the left leg. I just didn't want to do that. I wanted to meditate. So I couldn't do that. I couldn't. Um, Fine. It's just, a, it's just a technique. Yeah. I found that my hands were busy holding my brain. I don't know if you heard the um, the abbess when she took Gil's place at one point, but she said she holds her hands like in a cup, the left hand on the bottom, and and she imagines that she's holding her brain, keeping it safe while she's meditating. I like that. Yes. Anything else? David, I actually had, um, maybe this is a beginner's question, but <clears throat> talking about using your hands, that if your mind is still, then wouldn't you not be aware of using your right hand? I, I can notice when my mind is still and press a little bit. But, you know, again, it's just a technique. Don't worry about it. Anything else? Yeah. I'd just like to say uh, thank you to Fiona for the questions that she sent out. Mm-hmm. Because um, motivation at the beginning and motivation at the end are so different. And it got me coming back here. So, and I appreciate that you said, um, I don't know if this is working. I appreciate that you said, um, even if you're not meditating. So thank you. Glad you came back, Sarah. All right. So let's, um, oh, please, Rob. Thank you for uh, sharing your time with us. It was very uh, touching, and it's it's pretty helpful when 
we're still quite isolated to have somebody share um, their thoughts about kindness and compassion. But a few weeks ago, uh, you, we, you, you were sharing about, um, I hate to be the party pooper on this, that med- through meditation we can have a deeper meaning. Remember your talk on that? No, but uh, it sounds good to me. <laughs> but um, I was, I've been thinking about deeper meaning and through meditation and reading about it. And I've heard it said that ultimately seeking deeper meaning through meditation is delusion. Mm. Well, you know, just a simple light. That's, you know, that we don't have to make a big deal out of it. Just this simple light that you are. You're not a rock. Yeah. David, can I say something? Please. Yeah, Rob, um, maybe one way to think about that is um, it, it, it's not the meaning that's delusion. It's the seeking. And you might want to just think about it from that perspective. Okay. Okay. It's just another another way to approach it. Thank you. So the um, the prompt for discussion is way back then when you began your path. Do you remember? And and. I don't mean to remember the story of our spiritual path that can go on and on and on, but remembering simply the motivation, the wish. And has that original motivation or motivations, have they been in some way fulfilled in you? And then the second part is, Fast forward. Now. What's your motivation now for meditating, for practicing? And what fulfillment are you hoping for, wishing for, for now and for the rest of your days? Mm. Okay. So we'll do breakout and talk for maybe among ourselves. And, you know, simply if you could just pay attention to uh, um, sharing spa- uh, the, the conversational space so that one person doesn't, you know, it, it's kind of equal. We have 14 minutes, so kind of gauge it among yourselves. And again, not necessarily the story of your spiritual, but just the motivation and the, fulf- and the fulfillments. Okay. Any questions about that? All right, folks. So it looks looks like you're going to be in rooms of three. And I made extra breakout rooms. So if people come in late or you get bounced out, um, and I'm not as good at, at this as Chris is, but I'm going to do my best to get you in and out of these rooms in a timely manner. So I'm going to open them now, and um, you may get a, a prompt that says enter breakout rooms and such. 
and just click on it and and um, we'll prompt you when uh, we were getting close to the 14 minutes. Okay, oh. have a wonderful um, conversation with one another. There you all are. Welcome back. So please share. We'd love to hear. You know it, it, it you don't know how much how happy it makes us to to hear your share. So please make us happy and share something. <laughs> okay, I will. Um that was just absolutely wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. I feel um I'll just say very briefly, um I haven't been in this group for a long time and uh the early motivation questions definitely inspired me to return. And uh, I just do feel like my motivation has apparently changed. And I feel like my present motivation might be more uh, sustainable. And uh, uh, I think a big part of that in the present moment is in regard to Sangha and uh, seeing people all, assembled on the screen and uh, feeling warmth and welcome as opposed to uh, the feeling that I don't belong. So, and it was really affirmed in the small group. So very grateful. Thank you. You belong, Sarah. That's for sure. (laughs) Thank you. I'd like to share. uh, This is the first time I've ever been in this group. But um, interestingly, I just had a, I just thought um, that originally I was meditating to gain some, to find some stability in a very chaotic life. (laughs) And, um, and then I, I, stop meditating for a while and you know but it's always kind of been in the background but with this covid thing i really um <laughs> started meditating with imc on a daily basis i live in vermont by the way um but it has helped me so much i and i realized that i'm still seeking some st- stability within reality, you know, because um, I, I need, I, it's not so much something I wished for, it's something I absolutely needed. Um, and I, I even, I had to go into the hospital and have a pacemaker put in because I was so stressed and the, and the meditating has really been a, you might say, a godsend, if you wanted to. Um, and and at this point, I just want to see where it takes me. You know, I, I just, I do want to, I, I do want to be light. I do want to be light. And um, I'll, so, we'll see. And I was telling my group too. I want to die peacefully. I want to make that transition transition um, in a dignified way. Mm-hmm. I think I, I seek that 
you know, and come from a long history. I mean, I tried to commit suicide when I was 20. So it's been a long road. What can I tell you? Mm. But, um, but at this point, it's, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. And I, and I really appreciate IMC. Um, my husband's brother is a member of your group. He lives out there. And um, so he told us about Gil and about the group. And um, it's just been great. Thank you. Oh, welcome. And I, I didn't mention this in the beginning, which I, I usually do, but I forgot. Which we have small groups. Um, and they meet, you know, all the time. There are a lot of them. And um, there are six people. They're very intimate. And uh, it's kind of like this, only a lot more interaction, a lot more support. Sounds we, wonderful. We really get to know each other and love each other and support each other and meditate together. You know, meditation is, like you said, it's a godsend. We all need to meditate, and we all do meditate. So if you'd like to join a small group, let uh, IMC Senior Sangha be on it. Let her know. Okay. And and, and we'll get you into one. Well, Great. I'll, I'll, I'll send you the schedule. And, and that goes for everyone here. If you're if you're new or if you're not in a group, they're, they're just wonderful. They're, they're really wonderful supports for everyone. How and often do they meet? Once every two weeks for an hour and 15 minutes. Very similar to what nice. we did today, but it's much more interactive and... You really get to, we really get to know each other. Nice. Thank you. So um, I would love to hear from more of you. It's so, so it's so helpful to hear, hear everything that you said. Uh, okay. I can go. <laughs> oh, okay. Ray Haif. I started actually um, searching for some meaning in life uh, when I was young, like I would say 21. Um, had a lot of difficulties in childhood and youth and uh, nothing made really sense. And I found the first Hatha yoga, which was totally new at that time. I lived in Germany. Nobody really knew it, but I found it through a person who practiced it. And then, so I got into it with a book, just teaching myself a lot of these practices. And then eventually went into meditation also and found the book by Ram Das and that be here now. So that really helped me so much in life just to read that there was something bigger than all that small contracted way of life. <laughs> and so, um, there was just really a, a, a wonderful book for me, which was with me for many years that I always looked into. And I was still quite young, and, and it really was just the right thing just to read a little bit in it. And it just gave me inspiration. Um, so I, as I was sharing in the small group also, like, of course, I went through life sometimes um, because a lot of things happen when we are young. You know, we go through all the different phases. And so... I was not always that focused on the spiritual practice like I'm now, but it was always a part. It was sometimes more in the background, and then it was more in the front, really helping me in life with a lot. And, and 
And so now since the pandemic, um, because I've been home so much, like all of us, I started to really pay attention and the practice also with skill in the morning and, and um, also in the small group, I'm in a small group also. Uh, I feel that uh, now it's more like uh, what David was saying to, to drop into awareness, to live more from that place and to not be always so concerned with my life story, which is important too. I mean, we have to pay attention to our life here too, but it's not the most important. So just to drop deeper and feel being in that space, being in awareness and watching more of what happens in my life and come more from that place. So I think that's what my, what it has shifted to. And um, has been a long, long road. So <laughs> but uh, I'm sure for you too, and um, you know, better now than never. <laughs> Absolutely, coming back to what is most simple. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we should uh, move on. Um, thank you all for your for everything, <laughs> for all your participation. Or you're sharing for thank you. Oh, yeah. thank, thank you. you. Thank you. It's wonderful. And now we are all very blessed to hear my good friend, Robert Cusick, and and, and a wonderful teacher. Mm. And we're very blessed to be able to hear his his teaching now. I always feel funny when you say something like that, <laughs> introducing me. <laughs> But I appreciate your kind words. They're way too kind. So thank you, uh, David, for for prompting us with these um, really evocative uh, questions and that incredibly beautiful meditation that you had this morning. So I deep appreciation from me personally and as you heard expressed by the community so, Robert, you're kind of a little muffled. I'm a little muffled. I don't know why. My... Okay, that's better. That's, that's better. better. Yeah. Can you hear now? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. So, um, I sort of want to pick up the ball on something David said about uh, thinking about. Uh, Know, what your motivation was uh, when you sort of discovered that you uh, were entering the path, so to speak, and then what's, what we're moving towards. And then the gap in between that he talked about, this place of awareness resting here. So to begin, I want to just say... Um, that this is our senior sangha here that we've created, that we've co-created together over uh, months. And I think we've been together a couple of years now. I, I, I'm not sure if it's been two years already or maybe three, I'm not sure. Anyway, I invite you all to uh, look around your screen and and just take a look at one another and 
see all the combined years of living that we represent here. Each life is part of a whole, and yet we experience things as though it all revolves around us. So just look around the screen, look at the faces, look at the light in the eyes of one another and the wrinkles on our face if we have wrinkles and just know that we've earned all of this. This is this is what being alive is all about. We gather here because um, we're all in a certain time of our life where we have an opportunity to reflect on our experience from a wider and a deeper perspective. Sometimes just being a little bit older gives us a little bit more time. Some of us are still working full time, but it makes no difference. There's just something natural that happens here. So I am going to to read a poem to you by... Um, John O'Donohue, I'm going to try to get this up here so that I can, uh, so that I can actually read it to you. And I'm going to pop it into the chat for you so you'll all have this poem. And it's called For the Interim Time. And it is an absolutely incredibly evocative and beautiful poem. So, I'm going to invite you to um, close your eyes while I'm reading it to you and don't think about the words, just receive them. And I'll do my best to read it the way I think he intended it to be read. (laughs) So the poem is called For the Interim Time. And it goes like this. When near the end of day, life is drained out of light, and it is too soon for the mind of night to have darkened things. No place looks like itself. Loss of outline makes everything look strangely in between, unsure of what has been or what might come. In this wan light, even trees seem groundless. In a while it will be night, but nothing here seems to believe the relief of dark. You are in this time of the interim, where everything seems withheld. The path you took to get here has washed out, The way forward is still concealed from you. The old is not old enough to have died away. The new is still too young to be born. You cannot lay claim to anything in this place of dusk. Your eyes are blurred and there is no mirror. Everyone else has lost sight of your heart, and you see nowhere to put your trust. You know you have to make your own way through. As far as you can, hold your confidence. 
Do not allow your confusion to squander this call, which is loosening your roots in false ground, that you might come free from all you have outgrown. What is being transfigured here is your mind, and it is difficult and slow to become new. The more faithful you can endure here, the more refined your heart will become for your arrival in the new dawn. What is being transfigured here is your mind, and it is difficult and slow to become new. The more faithful you can endure here, the more refined your heart will become for your arrival in the new dawn. So this interim time gives us an opportunity to grow and to search within ourselves to understand what's the most important in life. To reflect on what motivated us when we started? What's our motivation now? What are, where are we going? You know, we, I personally, I'll speak for myself. I won't interpret your experience, but I, you know, I, I can reflect on the past and I can imagine the future. And yet somehow I feel the past slipping away. Not that it wasn't important or meaningful, but it's slipping away. And the things that were important, so important, sort of, they're not as important anymore. And yet, so there's this in-between time. Yeah. So we can learn from others by bringing attention from others who have brought attention to their experience, just how precious and fleeting life is. We can we can look around and see people paying attention. We can begin to pay attention ourselves. So we're in this interim time between our birth and our death, between our identity and our being, between the unknown and infinite possibilities. And this is true. So O'Donoghue's words provide for us for each one of us, an invitation to connect to our hearts, to your heart, and to move into this interim time in your life, to accept it, to, I was going to say embrace, I I don't like when people say that, (laughs) but to just, you know, to just be with yourself in this place. So I'd like you to, we're going to put you into breakout rooms, and I want to give you a time, a, a, an opportunity to think about these things. And um, as before you go into the rooms, I, I want you to just reflect on these two questions. And um, the first question is, what did, did these words elicit in you when you heard these words what 
did they elicit in you? What did you feel? What did it, did it touch or bring up in you? Not what did you think about it, but what did you feel? What was the embodiment of the feeling? And the second one is I'm going to post the poem in chat. And I want you to look at the poem when you're in the breakout room and just pick one or two lines that most resonated for you and then share with your with your um, partners why. Just one or two lines. You can't do the whole poem, but one or two lines. And I want to give you an example of how that that might, you know, um, show up for you. So this last weekend, I was with a friend who was going through a, a rough patch. And she described the weekend to me uh, as follows. She said, last weekend, it felt like I was at the, the bottom of a, pon- a pond. And I was feeling very alone and in touch with my heart of suffering. And simultaneously, I was aware that there was no one. Would everyone put themselves on mute there? Great. And she said simultaneously, she was aware that there was no one or nothing outside of her that could provide her with what she most needed. And, and, and at the same time, she knew that she had to find her own way through this moment. So it was a time of both despair and deeper knowledge. And she described this despair was in wanting someone else outside of herself, someone to do something to fix her, to fix this place that she was. And at the very same time, she said she knew that she needed to and could find her own way through and that it was up to her to find her own way through. Both things were real. So in O'Donohue's poem, he says, everyone has lost sight of your heart and you can see nowhere to put your trust. You know you have to make your own way through. Each stanza of this poem is so provocative or evocative for me. Um, So when you go into the breakout rooms, I hope that you can remember the poem well enough to just, what did it elicit in you? What did you feel? What did it put you in touch with? This, This quality of this gap in between what was and what's coming. You see, this this interim time and each moment is an interim between our birth and our death, between our identity and to David's beautiful meditation, between our identity and being, between the unknown and infinite possibilities. So We'll put you into the room and bring you back in about 10 minutes. Is everyone back? Yeah. Good. 
So welcome back, everyone. And we're going to take a break in a few minutes, but um, we have a, a few minutes for anybody who wants to uh, maybe share what that was like for you. Please don't uh, okay. be shy. Rob has got his hand up. Oh, hi, Robert. Yeah, um, one of the one of our um, group members didn't get a chance to she finished her um, thought, but maybe you can help, Robert. What what can she do to um, bring the, her meditation practice more to the forefront to make it more meaningful or more um, to to help her do it more often without thinking of, of other things to do at that time. Uh, so, so that's actually a meditation question and I'm happy to address it in that way, but lots of people, uh, you know, they struggle a little bit trying to uh, make meditation a priority. So uh, without thinking about the meditation, itself and thinking about um it's kind of the, the way i answered your question before it's this like this striving to make something happen to look at the striving you see and in that way you're training the mind to notice what's happening so that when you do meditate you begin to it feels more natural to, when when it's happening you notice it rather than trying to notice it because in the trying to notice something, we don't notice that we're actually trying. So that's how I would answer that question. And I would, and I would default to what David was stressing. Relax. It's already there. Relax. Just notice. Just sit there and receive. This quality of receptivity is really important. Not only in meditation but in life we you know we can receive from life exactly what we need it's like we're in this interim period <laughs> something is going and something is coming and we're in between and in this gap is awareness so i don't i don't know if that's helpful or not but that's the way that i would address it Please, anyone else? Thank you for, for that question too, Rob. I appreciate it. Anyone else want to share anything about this interim thing? I've, I just found this poem so moving, so evocative for me because I personally relate to this experience. It seems like things that were going on for me earlier in my life that were so tremendously important and that I thought were this is the way things are I can understand their importance but I also see that they're really not so important as I get closer to thinking about you know my own death and dying and yet I don't know what how to move into that do Robert? I do and I don't please have um, your First of all, in the chat, I put the uh, URL, uh, the place you can go to to get it. 
That's fine. Yeah, great. Thank and you. And people can just copy and paste that into their search engine. But an interesting thing that happened in our little group was, um, I think three of us out of the four, maybe all four, I can't remember now, um, mm-hmm. immediately were, were, were thinking about movement toward death that death was that unknown since this is a senior soccer group. Sure. It, it, it definitely impressed me that way. And um, it was very moving, very moving for, for me. And I think for the other uh, people I was yeah. with as well. Yeah. Great. Thank Great. you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And, and we can think about it as our physical death, but we can also think about it as each moment is a death and a rebirth. Yeah. You know, who we were at 11 o'clock when we signed on to this is gone. We'll never have that again. And who we're going to be at 1 o'clock when we sign off isn't here yet. What is here? And the moment is so fast that we're not even here in this moment. So... This gap in between where awareness resides. How do you relax into that? Or can you relax into it? It's just, I'm just putting it out on the table for us to think about. I don't have an answer. I have ideas, but maybe one more person, if anyone has anything to share. If not, I'm going to um, say let's take is is a five minute break. Will that yeah, five minute break? Well, uh, it's beautiful uh, teachings. David uh, referring to this light, you know, this light within, and uh, I was in a small group reflecting on the poem and I, because we didn't have the words there, my, my, what affected me and I shared with a small group was the sense of dusk and the, and the softness of light, the unknown, the undefined place, you know, but it's, it's inviting. It's it's uh, it's a beautiful place. Dusk can be beautiful, and uh, I would like to share. I have been an active, uh, very helpful in my daily practice the last couple of years to have this um, little app on my phone called Insight Timer, and there are groups and people that write in often inspiring quotes or reflections. The other day uh, in a group on gratitude, people expressing what are they grateful for, there was this one phrase um, from this one fellow. He had this life, long life with his partner, and uh, they had many, many adventures. But now they were at that point of exploring the undiscovered country of aging. Mm. And I, I thought that was so beautiful. It was, it was like opening up um, to a place, like in dusk, things become blurred, but it's not 
a frightening place. It's just sort of unknown, you know, to move into that place um, where things are not so sharp. They're not known. They're not familiar, maybe. Um, and I want to share this last weekend, I had um, participated in something through IMC, which was an extension of the year-long course uh, that IMC offers on the Eightfold Path. And um, this was whole life path, and the teacher was Gregory Kramer. Um, what was so powerful for me was um, I love the Eightfold Path, and that is how, in years past, my practice on the cushion sort of expanded into life and um, brought everything sort of sharper and clearer and relevant, you know. Uh, But this is Gregory's teaching about now, how do I really bring my Dharma practice, my meditation practice, what is important to me into this moment, you know, this in-between moment, who I was, what I'll become, what was past, what is coming up. Um, how do I really live this path, my meditation, my Dharma path, enliven it? Um, and I had heard Gregory, I might say, maybe 10, 15 years ago, with this, you know, looking inquiry, this last weekend, it just, it was so impactful. What I was hearing from him was his old teaching, but here it is from Robert and David, and also this week on um, Nikki Mergaflori in her morning talking about meditation practice is using these prompts of to pause and relax and to open. And it feels to me, this is what Gregory was saying, you pause, relax, and open. This is a dropping out of our mind, really into the body, into the heart, to this moment. Really being open. Um, This can apply any time in our life, but here we are at this period, you know, the third third or whatever people want to call it, middle age, old age, end of life. How to be here right now with an openness to what is arising. Um, And I reflected just yesterday, um, what's this intensity in his teaching? Um, He mentioned something about having a health crisis and how he was so beautifully reassuring. Awareness was there, right? All along, regardless of what was happening, there was awareness. And this beautiful smile of reassurance, you know, It's here. It was there. It's always here. Um, 
Yesterday, I looked at uh, the resource materials from the weekend, included a video that had been uh, recorded back in 2016 when this teacher, Gregory Kramer, was um, given a diagnosis, a very serious diagnosis, health diagnosis, and he was talking to his sangha at the time, basically saying, here we are. I don't know what's ahead, you know. I would want to be, you know, the perfect Dharma teacher going into this experience with equanimity and peace, but I don't know, you know. All I know is right now. And then hearing his candid honesty, I have practiced, I'm going to meet the moment, I don't know. I'm just going to bring my practice to what is arising. And then this weekend to hear him, that's eight years later, so passionate about the potential of being open and taking our Dharma practice in this moment. uh, We talked about the whole life path our whole life path. How do we take each moment and and can say, oh, and he had these two questions. What is non-essential right now? Can I let it go? And what is essential? Can I turn my attention there? Can I turn to what is deeply important? And can I let go of what is not essential to my well-being, to well-being of others, to my resting in peace and allowing peace for others? It was such a generous practice. And allowing for, whoops, sort of missed that one. Now the next moment arises, What's skillful here? Have I used right speech? Or have my actions caused harm or well-being? Such a rich area when we've... Every day, that's what I feel and what I received from his teaching. Um, each day is completely fresh and and available to live um, my Dharma practice, however I perceive that. And to start again. That follows on David's question, you know, what motivated you when you first started? What motivates now? What What brings you to want to turn to a Dharma teaching or show up for a sitting or show up for a Zoom? What is that? Something deeper, maybe our hearts really calling to us. And how to nurture that remembrance. You know what? Uh, During this weekend, we kept getting old texts on our phone. Are you settled? 
you know, what's happening right now. It was wonderful. You know, it was wonderful to not check the news. What happened is some Dharma teaching came in. Oh, just relax. Just feel your feet on the ground. What, how am I engaging right now in the body? I, I feel inspired and I hope perhaps you all, what is it that will nurture our wholesome heart and mind and allow us to actually continue to engage in a beautiful way in this life? You know, what, how do we nurture the garden of our heart? Basically, I'm a garden. That's, I feel that, you know, I'm going to go out there and, you know, water a little bit or fertilize. This is the garden of our heart. You know, how, what, and how can we nurture our hearts? What can we let go of? What is not skillful? What is not uh, healthy for the clarity and beauty that is inherent inside? What clouds the mind? What allows us to open up? And as uh, Nikki would say, and as Gregory and Gil often say, just relax, just open, just relax. And also just forgive ourselves when we sort of go down an alley and find ourselves in a place that's not very helpful. You know, just to say, okay, deep breath. That wasn't so skillful. What do I know that supports a wholesome mind and heart? Maybe I'll turn and put my attention there. And it could be as simple as the breath, the body. I'm right here. Regardless, I'm still here. So these two questions, maybe we could just quietly sit and reflect. What is not essential? What can I release? Maybe it's just a little tension in the body. Maybe it's a thought that uh, keeps revolving back and I keep tangled in this thought. Can I, for now, just release that thought? What is easy to let go of? Can I just let go?
And what, what is deeply important? Can I turn my heart in that direction? Can I cultivate, nurture what is beautiful, what is essential, what is the deepest calling in my heart? Can I nurture that? Before the gathering this morning, I went on a walk. I thought, I'm going to go on a meditation walk just around the block, just walking meditation. That was my intention. As I was walking down, the street, this man walks up to me and starts asking me questions about the neighborhood and my dog. And it was beautiful to just be there. My intention was wholesome. But what felt important was to really just be there. Just open up and connect with these two strangers they wanted to share. It's like walking into the dusk. You know, I, I had an idea. Nope. This is what happened. I walked a little ways around the loop. Another neighbor. This time, she needed to talk about climate change. I thought, okay, I'm just, this is my meditation. This is what's essential right now for me is just to be open and connect. Drop, drop what I thought was going to happen. And it felt just right. I think looking at my practice, and I hope all of us, what what are we given right now in this time of our life? It's the heavenly messengers, yes. But what's the opportunity here? I uh, want to uh, share one other. I love this. Um, so on the insight timer, people will say a little something about themselves. And I don't know who this 
man is somewhere, John in Canada. But I loved, he's in the over 50 group. I wanted to share this with you. Being grateful is an expression of love. I liken my meditation practice to a good pair of boots that I must wear and look after daily with great care because without their support, I would never be able to remain on the path. It felt so simple to me, you know, good pair of boots. You take good care of it. My, my Dharma practice, I, and I hope it is a great support for all of you, like a well-worn and comfortable pair of boots. <laughs> you take good care of them, and it helps you continue this journey, whatever, whatever it is. Whether it's a conversation with a relative I've not seen and one has not seen in decades, it's maybe challenging or difficult, or a health diagnosis that's maybe challenging and difficult, or a new friendship that arises, or a new conversation with a stranger. Can this practice of ours support just moving into that unknown place, it's Robert, in the poem about this dusk, this area in between? Can we sort of trust our hearts and trust this practice? And also trust a community of Dharma practitioners. You know, how can we move into this with deep and meaningful friendships and shared practice? So in this space and time together, maybe support each other, maybe feel confidence in the path we have gone on, maybe relax and open to whatever we move into in this life, in this day. May it be skillful. May it support our hearts. May it be skillful and support the hearts of those we meet and those that we do not know, may our practice be of benefit mm-hmm. for self and others. So thank you. Thank you, Fiona. Thank you, Robert. Thank all of you for... <clears throat> I think we all leave here feeling a a little richer, a little fuller, a little more in touch with what's essential and 
as Fiona was so beautifully pointing out here. Uh, you know, we are wise, we're old, we're wise, we're, we're closer to what's essential. We could be a benefit. We can be a benefit. The Dalai Lama often quotes this, these words by Shanti Deva, an Indian saint. He said, the greatest joy in life. He said, actually, the only joy in life comes from being a benefit to others. So we're being a benefit to each other here. And, and by being in touch with the essential, we're benefiting our loved ones. They know it. They feel it. And we're benefiting everyone, all beings benefiting, moving along the evolution of this planet. So may all beings everywhere be happy. May all beings everywhere be free. May all beings everywhere never be parted from sublime joy that knows no sorrow. May all beings everywhere abide in equanimity, free from aversion, free from attachment, free. Robert, do you have any final words you'd like to say? No, thank you. Um, just want to thank everyone for being here with us this month. And um, uh, I just second the words that you and Fiona have offered. And I look forward to seeing you all in another month or so. Kind care, everyone. Blessings to everyone. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. You can unmute and say goodbye if you like. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. See you all soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. It's also in the chat. This. Well, that way, if I get it in the computer, then I um I've got it. To, yeah. uh, oh, I see. But um. Well, I've got to run.